It's Wednesday, December 2nd, and welcome inside the Chamber Podcast Studios. I'm your host, Brian Rossman, and it's good to be back on our schedule after a little trip with the family to Disney World and then the Thanksgiving holiday. Hopefully, you had a great time with friends and family. Before we start the show today, I want to ask you to help us with something. Will you send us an email or go to chamberpodcast.com and click on feedback slash ideas at the top right to let us know the topics you want us to explore in 2016 through the podcast? whether it's non-dues revenue ideas, digital marketing trends, new member lead generation, whatever you're excited about hearing, that will be our focus. Today on the show, we're excited to have Danny Hearn with the Catawba County Chamber of Commerce right here in North Carolina where we're based. Episode 12 of the Chamber Podcast starts right now. Here's where the magic begins to make change happen. The human voice. It's the most powerful sound in the world. Getting curious about something and diving in. One of the things that I enjoy more than anything else is learning new things. Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. Danny, welcome to the Chamber Podcast. We're we're excited to have you on the show. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit more about your chamber? Well, the Catawba County Chamber is about 44 years old. It used to be just the, the Hickory Chamber, and then there was a Eastern Catawba County Chamber. But the merger took place about 44 years ago to the Catawba County Chamber um, in Hickory. And uh, we've got 850 to 900 members, staff of seven. And uh, we've got several of us here, combined total experience of, gosh, near um, 70 years. This is a very unique community for a chamber to be in. Um, and to and to create value with, uh, because we got three thousand jobs we can't fill, and they need us. So we're we're complementing that need with programming, and things that are trying to help local business and create new paychecks, and and that creates value where where our shareholders and investors understand and support us and value us like never before. In a way, it sounds a lot like economic development. What do you see as the big difference between economic development in your area and then your chamber? Uh, They create jobs. They sell dirt and they sell buildings. We fill jobs because employers all over America are having a very difficult time finding talent. So we're we're in the filling of jobs business for for current, uh, particularly manufacturing, uh, in dealing with rebranding manufacturing with students and parents. We've got more manufacturing jobs here than anywhere in North and South Carolina. And our Hickory Metro area is eighth largest manufacturing employment metro in America. So very unique economy that we have to zero in and prioritize as far as what we do. When you talk about attracting new workers to fill those jobs, are you looking at potential employees inside the county or outside the county? Well, good question, but but you've got to start inside first. You've got 60% of high school graduates that don't go on to four years of college. They've got to go somewhere or, or continue their education. So that is has become the main focus in, in, in the last year is giving them options and training options at the community college. And we just opened up a furniture academy and a manufacturing academy. But we've, we've got to rebrand manufacturing with their moms and dads. Uh, that's our biggest problem, 
his mom and dad saying, you got to go to four years of college uh, or you don't want to go into manufacturing. Uh, these are incredible career opportunities for these people. So uh, we are we are rebranding manufacturing and making sure that kids understand this is a career and, and you're and you don't have college debt on your back. Forty uh, percent of college graduates are in careers that don't even require a four-year degree. So we're trying to give them that alternative as a two-year associate's degree or a certification program through CVCC or the academies that we've just set up for furniture and manufacturing. What advice would you have for chambers that are facing the exact opposite problem that, that you're facing, and that is trying to attract new business and industry to the community uh, through quality of life and things like that? What, what, what advice would you have for chambers that are facing that? Well, economic development and business recruitment is taking a complete 360. It's always, because I used to do both for many years, you'd always have to have a spec building. You'd always have to have an industrial park, and that's the first thing that they want to go see. But we have serious issues here with companies that want to locate here, and the number one thing that's going to get them to decide to come here is do you have the workforce and the talent that's going to keep me in business? And then they deal with infrastructure. So if I'm in a community trying to attract business, then talent in exactly what we're doing in dealing with high school graduates and in dealing with mom and dad and dealing with staying here in your in your hometown and finding a career, uh, that's that's where you begin the process. But man, we are against and we are up against a demographic shift of human capital that we have never experienced before in this country. So whether it's me or whether it's that example of, of, of a chamber that you just named, the odds are hard against us because young people are flocking to the major metro areas in America. They don't want to stay home. How do you change that? They don't start coming home until their late 20s, near 30, where they're married and got families, and then they may want to come home. So uh, American major metros are getting these young people. So uh, if, you, if you don't have a plan to try to keep young people and attract them and recruit and retain them and get them involved in your chamber and get them on your board, not only outside looking in, but in that boardroom, and making that quality of life and asking them, as we did a summer ago, uh, asking young professionals and millennials, what do you think about this community? What would you change? What would you improve? What are the strengths and weaknesses? And, and man, we got an earful. We had 900 responses, and, and near 800 actually filled the survey out. So now we know what things to work on. So. Uh, that's my advice is, is we're in a battle for talent and young people and trying to keep them in our towns. What's it going to take for chambers to stay relevant in the coming years? What kind of shift are you seeing and what should we be focused in on? Chambers today is not, it's not like your dad's chamber. And, and my dad was a chamber president for 30 years. I'm running a chamber not like my dad's. 
And uh, this industry, I think, has finally woken up in understanding um, uh, the seriousness of a nationwide problem. Because with the demographic shift and, and, and with the millennials now outnumbering the boomers and them changing jobs every 22 months, um, and, and they're they're flocking to the major metros. We we could be in serious trouble. And then the ability for them to decide, well, what I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go and join a chamber to network and meet new people. Are you kidding me? But chambers have got to be careful about how they position themselves and what their value is, or you will lose and continue to lose this incredible talent in your communities. And, you know, we got a hickory young professionals. We got over a hundred. And I used to think, you know, I'm going to make the president of the young professionals an ex officio member of my board. Now that's pretty cool, isn't it? And then I said, Danny, are you, are you stupid? An ex officio president. What do you think young professionals are going to think about that? They don't need to, they don't need to have a position as an ex officio member, they need to be in the boardroom. They need to be making the decisions in the boardroom. So I, last year, for instance, I had eight new directors that come on. Six were millennials. I'm not worried about their positions and titles, but I want them in the room making decisions, being a part of where this community is going, and not on the outside looking in. And that's why they'll stay. That's why they'll join. That's the value that they see. So, you know, you, times have changed. And, and, and you read everything you can about these generational shifts and what they want and what they expect. And it'll scare you, but you better deal with it because you can't throw a committee at this. It's here to stay. It's serious. Our employers are in serious trouble in trying to find this talent, and we're basically the only ones that can fix it. EDCs don't have committees. Chambers do, and we are set to be the most important business entity in every community in America if we just figure out that we need to take a hold of that one issue and run with it. Special thanks to Danny Hearn for joining us this week on the podcast. Next week, we're going to try something a little different, so stay tuned for something exciting. Thanks for tuning in this week, and don't forget to visit chamberpodcast.com for all of our past episodes. Thanks again, and we'll see you right back here next week on the Chamber Podcast.